Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 1st, 2010. Now newcomers should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, bookmark all the other sites you'll see on the page there for future use in case the big ones go down, and they sometimes do. And this way you can always get the latest shows downloaded for free on some of them, or one of them, hopefully, eventually. Mind you, this is the, these are the last days, I think, of the supposedly free internet, uh, because it's getting heavily policed now. And they do have their cyber teams in uh, working on those who are classified as anti-government. If you complain about government now you're, or, or any policy they're doing, you're anti-government. Of course, they're very selective. Now, all those sites you see listed have the, the same audios. They all have um, transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given uh, for print-up. If you want languages, uh, uh, transcripts in other languages for print-up, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and you can take your choice from a whole bunch of them from there. And remember, too, that you're the audience that brings me to you. I don't uh, get paid by advertisers. I could be if I wanted to. Uh, so it's up to you to keep me going. You can do so by looking into the site, buying the books I have for sale, the discs, and so on. And hopefully that will keep me going and paying the bills that I pay here. Uh, the ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN to broadcast this show and pay for the staff and equipment, their bills, and so on. So you have to help me with mine. Now, from the U.S. to Canada, you can always purchase, remember, the books, etc., from uh, with a personal check to Canada. You can also use an international postal money order from your post office. A lot of people prefer that. And you can also send cash or PayPal. Uh, if you want to purchase with PayPal, send a donation. You see the donation button there. Send off that donation and then send a separate email with their name, address, and the order, and I'll get it to you. Uh, a lot of folk are going that way too in the cashless society, obviously. Same across the rest of the world with the addition of Western Union, MoneyGram, and again PayPal uh, for donating and to purchase. And your, remember, your donations are appreciated here. I don't have subscribers. I don't make you pay for this. And um, thousands and thousands across the world certainly do use it, including a lot of other talk shows as well. It's viable information. It's I try to tell you really what's behind the news, not just read it off uh, the pages. And most news now is mainstream anyway, even on the Internet as it take over gradually. Uh, they give us our topics for the day, and we prattle on about it. We, we are just uh, twittering like little birds to each other, and that's how it's intended to be, because never, ever underestimate those at the top. They're not stupid. They're not stupid, and they can certainly hold on to power by gathering all the data, incredible data on every single person on the planet, 
and feeding it through their massive computer systems, sorting those into categories, and then giving the data to their think tanks, and they project all the possible uh, outcomes of society with reactions against various things they want to introduce, how to get round any opposition, and they even set up opposition before they, they make the first move. So there's a ready-made group there to take over and be your spokesman. This is old stuff, only it's perfected today with communications. It's incredible. It's really it's incredible. The more you go into uh, many of the documentaries I've mentioned on this show by Adam Curtis and others explaining the last hundred years and showing the film footage, it just blows you away. Back with more after this break. I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, some people really get angry if you burst their bubble because they, they want to believe they're, they're living in a world run by professionals and experts, people who have their best interest at heart. And they still want to believe that about politics too. They love the speeches, especially the emotional ones. And of, and of course, they're all tailored to be emotional. And... When you tell them what your government's up to, they think you're some kind of renegade. And, of course, shortly you'll be called a terrorist just for speaking about things that you know. Even if you can prove them, it makes no difference. They don't like being disturbed. You know, back in the 70s and even before that in the 60s, they used to call you a downer. You're a downer if you started talking about something that was serious in a conversation. They wanted to have sort of light-hearted chats about happy things and positive things. Positive means ignoring all the nasty stuff. And the New Agers still do that today. And it is hard to to break out of that thinking because indoctrination uh, from birth right on and through schooling is to reinforce all that which your parents told you. And if your parents thought it was all quite natural, the system they lived under and accidents happened, occasional bad people got into power, but not for long, then you'll think the same way too. And when you see the horrors, and there's a lot of horror stories being released now after many, many years of uh, classification, it's so amazing how terrible, awful things can be done to citizens of their own country, by their own country, uh, under the guise of national security, especially when it comes to experimentation on human beings. And believe you me, what's happening today in your life, you will never hear about it. You'll be long dead before any of this stuff uh, that will come up eventually um, will be disclosed to to anyone who cares. And who cares 50 years down the road? It's like ancient history to the young. Now, here's an article here, one of many articles that's come out in the last year or two. But it says, U.S. apologizes to Guatemala for sexually transmitted disease experiments. And it says government researchers infected patients in Guatemala uh, with syphilis, gonorrhea, and the other things too, without their consent in the 1940s. And this is from msnbc.com. 
says the U.S. government medical researchers intentionally infected hundreds of people in Guatemala, including institutionalized mental patients with gonorrhea and syphilis without their knowledge or permission more than 60 years ago. Many of those infected were encouraged to pass the infection on to others as part of the study. Kind of like the modern society we've got today, if you think it's all just free love and all the rest of it, you don't go to the sexually transmitted disease clinics, you should have a walk through them. And it says here, But one third of those who were infected never got adequate treatment. On Friday, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius offered extensive apologies for actions taken by the U.S. Public Health Service. The Sexually Transmitted Disease Inoculation Study conducted from 1946 to 1948 in Guatemala was clearly unethical. No kidding. I love, I love how experts can tell us stuff we should know by common sense. According to the joint statement from Clinton and Sibelius, although these events occurred more than 64 years ago, we are outraged that such reprehensible research could have occurred under the guise of public health. Well, yeah. what do you think MKUltra came under? They used the, the hospitals in Canada and the States to, to test all the patients and shock them into oblivion. Anyway, it says, we deeply regret that it happened and we apologize to all the individuals who were affected by such abhorrent research practices. Uh, Secretary Clinton called Guatemalan President Alvaro Caballeras Thursday night to reaffirm the importance of the U.S. relationship with the Latin American country. You know, there's a dollars again, eh? And it says here, um, oh, well, she was in the usual stuff. There are close friends, neighbors in the Americas, and yada, yada, yada. As we move forward to better understanding this appalling event, really, how can we better understand this appalling event? Eh? <laughs> we reaffirm the importance of our relationship with Guatemala and our respect for the people, he said. That's all written by script writers for, from public relations companies. And then it says here that uh, in addition to the apology, the U.S. is setting up a commission to ensure that human medical research conducted around the globe meets rigorous ethical standards. Well, you know what that means. and this keep it more secret for another 50 years. And the U.S. officials are also launching investigations to uncover exactly what happened during the experiment. Like, they wouldn't know, eh? They wouldn't know. Yeah. Or maybe we misplaced the data. And it says, the episode raises inevitable comparisons to the infamous uh, Tuskegee experiment, the Alabama study with hundreds of African-American men were told they were being treated for syphilis, but in fact were denied treatment. That U.S. government study lasted from 1932 until press reports revealed it in 1972. It was still ongoing. Still ongoing. And that's only one of many studies and tests they did on people. There's a book, too, called Acres of Skin. You should get a hold of it if you can, because there's a lot of stuff in there to do with the, what the, how they tested various things on American prisoners. They're probably still up to the present time, in fact. Uh, it says the Guatemala experiments, which were conducted between 1946 and 1948, never provided any useful information, and the records were hidden. I guess that's why they had to, had to go on and, and do it in Alabama and carry on there, eh? There's no useful information. It's a waste of time. Uh, what about the people? Oh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Susan R- uh, Riverby, a professor of women's studies at Wellesley College in Massachusetts, discovered a records documenting U.S. experiments that infected Guatemalans with gonorrhea and syphilis. 
They were discovered by Susan Riverbury, a professor. I think it says that same thing again, anyway. Anyway, she posted about it on her website, and the link is here as well if you want more details on it. It's interesting, too, that, uh, <laughs> that uh, I've talked about Bernays before, the nephew of Freud, the one who gave uh, the culture for North America and a lot of uh, Western Europe, too, the consumer society, and how he himself, um, and it ties in with this little paragraph in the same article, although they don't mention Bernays at all. You see, at that time, the, um, the, the, the government of the U.S. and the corporations in the U.S. had a powerful interest in Latin American, this country especially, because of the massive American-based United Fruit Company. That's what the, all the economy of the country ran on. And uh, eventually the, a president got in uh, for the people. He wanted to uh, give some power back to the people themselves. They had none at all whatsoever. They were on like slaves. And uh, Bernays opened up a film corporation within the U.S. Now, Bernays ran the biggest uh, public relations propaganda company in the United States, probably in the world. And this this uh, private film company that he got put professional news-type articles on. Uh, it was all lies, of course, and ran them for months and months about the communism in Guatemala. His client, by the way, was a Latin American, uh, was actually that, that uh, fruit company, uh, United Fruit Company. That was his, one of his biggest clients. So to help his clients so and get well paid for it, he got America to go to war and invade Guatemala. Here's the power of a single person in charge of public relations using a film company set up for the purpose of getting the war started. And he raked in millions in payment for that. That's in the same article, except they don't mention, of course, Mr. Bernays anywhere whatsoever. But it's, it is fantastic, it really is fantastic to understand what's really behind things. I watched a video a while back someone sent me where they showed you uh, mainly black men again in the U.S. who were being diagnosed falsely with having cancers, and women too, I believe. And um, you see this guy in, a, in almost a space suit. Uh, in other words, it's a radiation-proof suit with a massive, massive syringe. It had to be uh, shielded, of course, because they were injecting plutonium into the so-called cancer patients, and then studying them, uh, the effects on them as they eventually died off with cancers and so on and so on and so on. I'll try and find that link uh, again and pop it up maybe even tonight if I can. Uh, these are what they do to your, to your own people. But they always go for the people who have less least voice in a society, uh, either youngsters or orphans or the elderly or mentally ill, uh, or racial minorities, etc., etc., those who have no real power at the time. That's who they use, because they, they classify them as disposable, and they don't make a stink. They don't have the cash to get uh, their word out to the world. Yeah, it's just amazing. And then don't forget, too, that ties in, too, <clears throat> with the United Nations, um, who were accused, well, was it earlier this year, I think, and I read the article on the air, too, where they'd gone into Peru under um, the family planning guys, and uh, they were sterilizing women, sterilizing them all. Thousands and thousands were sterilized by this uh, organization, and the women were not told that they were being sterilized, 
at all. Uh, that's the world you're living in. And you think, of, well, it's always somewhere else. It's not me. I'm okay. You know, I'll go and play the, uh, the internet. And, and it's Friday. I mean, who cares, eh? That's it. But on, I think it was Wednesday, I read an article uh, by uh, James Dellingpole who talked about uh, the Bilderberger meeting, the last one in June, I think it was. And he mentioned a bunch of articles that were publicized that would be discussed. And one of them was global cooling. Just snuck in there, of course, and nobody questioned that. Because we're all supposed to be paying through the nose for carbon taxes and all the rest of it for global warming. Well, let's get back to what's happening now, back after this message. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. Just touching on James Dellingpole's prediction that there'd be a, a distancing, as he called it, of uh, the real alarmists and the more highly respected scientists, etc., because they had to discuss, discuss the fact that the planet is actually cooling and has been for years. And meanwhile, though, they, they won't touch, I'm sure, this whole project for carbon taxation, but they'll have to drop the man-made global warming stuff, which really was their whole excuse for taxing us for carbon output and all the rest of it, because big money's involved. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. But here is exactly the, the, the backpedaling and the, the distancing, as it's called. Uh, this is that the Royal Society has toned down its climate stance. This is London, 30th September, uh, the Global Warming Policy Foundation. Now, do you elect any of these guys? Do you ever hear them mentioned when you run for election? Does anyone ask uh, any president or prime minister uh, what they're going to do with uh, these these big foundations that seem to be running everything? This parallel government here. But anyway, the Global Warming Policy Foundation, I wonder who funds that, has welcomed the Royal Society. Now, they're all societies of the bigwigs that make the policies for the world in science decision to revise and tone down its position on climate change. Its new climate guide is an improvement on their more alarmist 2007 pamphlet, which caused an internal rebellion by more than 40 fellows of the society and triggered a review and subsequent revisions. It says the former publication gave the misleading impression that the science is settled. Remember that was when they they wanted to um, put in prison anybody who was a climate denier. It says that the new guide accepts that important questions remain open and uncertainties unresolved. The Royal Society now also agrees with the GWPF that the warming trend of the 80s and 90s has come to a halt in the last 10 years. It's actually more than 10, said Dr. Benny Pizer, the director of the, the, the Global Warming um, Policy Foundation. Uh, I don't know whoever gives them authority. Uh, so it says that Dr. David Whitehouse, a science editor of the foundation, said the biggest failing of the new guide is that it dismisses temperature data prior to 1850 as limited and leaves it at that. It would cast a whole new light on today's warming if the medieval warm period, the Roman warm period, and the Bronze Age warm period were, were as warm as today, possibly even warmer than today. 
a thorough discussion of the growing empirical evidence for the global existence of the medieval warm period and its implications would have been a valuable addition to the new report. And with the hockey stick graph and all that stuff, they omitted all the warming periods we've had in the past to mislead the whole world. Mind you, they're getting massive grants, all these guys, all these scientists uh, and, uh, and climatologists. Without all the scare, they'd be out of work, you know. They'd be begging for, for jobs and TV companies to report the weather and stuff like that. No kidding. They've been living high on the hog with millions of dollars thrown at them every year for their rubbish. And according to their reports, too, all the stuff I've read over the years, we should have been boiled like eggs by now. Hard boiled. And it hasn't happened. Because it was all bogus. Anyway... It just shows you they're starting to distance themselves a little bit, but they're trying also to give themselves more more credence by admitting a little bit of it. And it, but it won't stop the carbon stuff and all the taxes coming down because they've already set up the banking system to deal with that uh, through the Rothschilds Bank, uh, personal bank, the private one in Switzerland that's to be the channel for it all, thanks to Al Gore and all their cronies. Now there's a caller from Alaska and it's Prentice. Are you there, Prentice? Hello, Prentice. Taking my call, Alan. Yeah. Um, since you started to show off talking about uh, the new age spirituality, mm-hmm. I wanted to go into some things I discovered about how they're uh, indoctrinating the kids here. That's with uh, what's called um, oh, what's called anthroposophy. Mm-hmm. And that's spelled A-N-T-H-R-O-P-O-S-O-P-H-Y. Mm-hmm. And um, they're being taught this in all uh, Waldorf schools. That's right, yeah. And uh, this is something that I was originally, um, I, I originally found this from a Fox News article. It's titled, Where's Waldorf? Mm-hmm. And um, basically, when you go to um, their teacher website, and the teacher website is openwall.com, and mm-hmm. Waldorf is spelled W-A-L-D-O-R-F. And when you go to that uh, teacher site, you have to click on uh, where it says Anthropy. And on that page, it reads... Reincarnation and Karma. Mm-hmm. It says, Every Waldorf teacher reads a Western approach to reincarnation and karma in Waldorf teacher training. Yeah. It is an essential subject for acquiring a Waldorf teaching credential. You may ask yourself how this subject is relevant to your child's education. But remember that Waldorf schools are ran by anthroposophists. It's easy to understand why every Waldorf teacher needs to learn reincarnation and karma. After all, reincarnation and karma are core teachings of Rudolf Steiner's anthroposophy. Waldorf teachers learn how to lead their students through the process of reincarnation. Yeah, hold on a second and we'll be back after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix, and we've still got uh, Prentice on the line from Alaska talking about Rudolf Steiner and his schooling system. Are you still there, Prentice? Uh, yes, I sure yeah. am, Alan. Thanks. Um, yeah, continue on this uh, teachers. Now, like I say, this is their teachers. Um, this is their teachers' instruction website here. So this isn't, you know, me reading from some blog or something like that, trying to mischaracterize the schools. Yeah. But uh, continuing on, it says Waldorf teachers learn how to lead their students through the process of reincarnation. Why else would they need to study reincarnation in a teaching program? It says not only Waldorf teachers need to learn how to be a positive influence on your reincarnation, they need to learn how to avoid injuring your child's journey of reincarnation. Now, um, this is all paid for by uh, tax dollars right here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's interesting about this uh, Rudolf Steiner guy is that uh, he was the head of the Theosophical Society in Germany. Mm-hmm. And right. he was also um, one of Madame uh disciples, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But, yeah, I'm going to read one more section here from uh, the Waldorf Teachers website. Most of that which contributes to our work as teachers, preparation work, artistic work, even meditation, it's under the guidance of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause because they... It's under the guidance of Lucifer. Yeah, because the Lucifer's Trust uh, was a theosophical uh, uh, newspaper, and they changed it uh, from the Lucifer Trust. That was their main publication to the Lucifer's Trust. It's still on the go today, you know. Exactly. It says, we can become great teachers under his supervision, for he is responsible for much of what has blossomed in the unfolding of civilization and culture in the past. And uh, that's third they posted on their website from the Waldorf Teachers uh, Survival uh, Guide. Waldorf Teachers Survival Guide. Survivally. <laughs> yeah, survival. <laughs> Yeah, surviving death or what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know, right? Yeah. You know, and it says, Lucifer is a beehive who incarnated as a human being 3,000 years before Christ. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and see, you understand that too. On You'll see that often on Masonic, including theosophical uh, um, buildings, because they, they were, they're part of Freemasonry now. They were accepted into the Lodge. And... Um, You'll see the, the, the date that the building was founded, its foundation, but they also have another one next to it, another date with, with the 4,000 years or something tacked onto it, um, uh, called AL. That's after Lucifer. Yeah. That's right. So you're quite right in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so Steiner says, it is revealed to the retrospective clairvoyant gaze that it was an actual human incarnation of the Luciferic power. Mm-hmm. And this incarnation of Lucifer in humanity, which in a certain way has been achieved, 
was the origin of the widely extended ancient wisdom based on the third post-Atlantean civilization. Yeah. Yeah, through all their, their, their teachings. Yeah. Now, one of, uh, I was looking into Steiner's philosophy a little bit deeper and uh, basically teaches uh, more relativism, too. That's right. right. That's right. And this yeah. is uh, an actual excerpt from one of his books. He says, in the absolute sense, nothing is good in itself, but it's always good or bad according to the use to which it is put. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is being taught in the, the schools, and it's um, all across the country here. Oh, it's all done. It's, it's all actually done. It's, 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 it's second or third generation now. Yeah. 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 And that's why they can rush ahead with the whole agenda. There's no opposition because people are so into, well, I guess anything goes, you know. And um, it's Talmudic too, as Freemasonry is. Um, you had your oral traditions, which are the secrets. Then there was the stuff they published, which is the exoteric for everybody. And um, they, they also have in, in, in their Kabbalah, of course, they all go into Kabbalah. That there's, there's moral, that's where moral relativity comes from, the whole idea of Kabbalism. And uh, there's no right or wrong. Something always benefits, and good can, can actually come out of evil. Uh, that's what they say. This is nature's way, they say. You know. Yeah. You know, um, at first this was only, you know, this whole New Age phenomenon, this New Age spirituality was, you know, it was popular in, you know, the white middle class community, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. um, up until they brought Oprah out, it was pretty unpopular in the uh, minorities uh, community, you know. Yeah, sure. Um but after her and, uh, you know, her course, a uh, course in miracles and things like that, yeah. now you hear all the uh, Christians, you know, in the black communities walking around talking about how they're going to check their Zodiac and, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're dating the guy who's a Gemini and stuff like that. And because they're a Sagittarius and it's a sure. et cetera, et cetera. Well, this goes to show you, here's the whole pro- the problem with society. When you look at the, the masses... Now, technically, it's a weird word, the mass and the masses. The mass includes all the masses. Uh, it's like a singular entity. The whole idea is to come out of what's ever given to control the mass and become an individual. Most folk don't. They, they want to belong to the mass and be popular. Whatever's popular within the mass, they want to belong to it. And the culture creators that give all this stuff out there, and Oprah is definitely one of them, um, Mm-hmm. are very good at putting that across to them because it fascinates them. Uh, it takes all the, off the burden off them from having to have morals at all and having to decide about morality. It takes all that burden away from you. Anything goes. And, uh, of course, even that song itself was from, what, 1934 when they started pushing uh, the whole moral relativity idea, and that's why they gave the song out, Anything Goes. Look at the words of that song. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The culture industry, yeah. Nothing is out, not, see there's nothing out there by accident, anything from the top down. And culture's always given from the top down, not, never from the bottom up. And, uh, uh, that's what Plato said all those years ago, it has to come from the top. Uh, if anything happened from the bottom level, the true grassroots level, they have to squash it very quickly, 
because it would have untold effects on their plans at the top. So anything that's pushed out for the mass to gobble up and becomes popular, and that's music, movies, everything, the whole entertainment industry, and in, including the, the religious uh, industry as well, is, is uh, definitely definitely part of the, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. This is absolutely amazing. And, yeah. you know, to expand on uh, what you were saying about, you know, this uh, creation, um, now the A Course in Miracles um, was actually started by, created by two people who worked for the CIA. They worked for the government, that's right, and she started channeling the information, and, and she started to channel all the information that Jesus forgot to tell you. You see, so uh, they, they, they changed everything, and of course he happened to write it all down supposedly, and uh, and that became the New Age Bible for for lots of people too. Yeah, yeah. Again, again see, uh, if you go into the histories of, and I've got some links to videos up there, uh, how the CIA have been involved in mind control, including all of this New Age stuff, because what better uh, scenario than to have volunteers willingly come in? thinking they're going to have a God experience and God's going to talk to you. And they can pretty well guarantee it, because if they will, you'll get voiced to skull. And um, you're all happy with And you become a very good apostle and disciple. And I talked to one person who had been through this training, and uh, she worked for the United Nations. She said that um, bombing the people over in the Middle East was okay, because they had decided to come back in their lifetime to be bombed, uh, that that was their karma, to come back in and be those people that they are now or were now in those places when they got bombed. And she felt no guilt whatsoever. It was a way of karma. I mean, this is a fantastic form of mind control. Uh, that, goes right in line, that goes right in line with uh, eugenics, too. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah. because if people are born into their caste system, yeah. then, you know, that's pretty much... Uh, exclude the idea of charity or anything because it's inborn yeah. within them. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's no need for charity, there's no need for education. Look at India. Look at India, That we were all the reincarnation business really was the, that was their homeland, India. And the beggars at the side of the street, I talked to doctors from India who told me that the patients in Britain, for instance, wouldn't even get treatment. They should lie at the side of the street and die because because they were penniless. Number, so if you're poor, you're, you're nothing. It's a caste system. And you would come by, back as in a higher caste if you were worthy to be worked on and treated. And I said, well, just as well, you know, that uh, there's a different system in Britain. Uh, because that's, how he, that's what he said, that those people that he was treating in Britain, uh, the elderly, would be left to the, the side of the, seat and, the street and die. And they should be. That's what he believed. Yeah. Just like India. Well, you bring that stuff up to people, and a lot of them will say, well, you know, that's uh, also borrowed from Buddhism, too. And oh, sure. Great. Uh, well, Buddhism's wonderful because you can get into your own little headspace, and, and you can go wherever with it, but and never be responsible for anything, yeah. <laughs> or you can you can uh, go monastery and just sit around in a robe and chew soybeans. All it's, it's, it's better than working, isn't it, for a living? Yeah. <laughs> Miracles. Uh, the guy's name was William Thetford, and the woman's name was Helen Schumann. That's right. And um, they both um, worked with the CIA 
through the, through the personality assessment system. Yeah, that's right. They, they were right into a mind alteration, personality assessment, pick at the personalities, get their whole profile, see how we can alter. And basically, again, with combining that with all the data they drew from the MK Ultra experiments, remake a new person as a good, uh, efficient disciple of your cause. You know, absolutely. And that was to get used on all citizenry through other techniques that they would be unaware of. Well, through propaganda, all media, and so on. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's done. But uh, when you look at when you look at the Course in Miracles, their workbook, oh, man. Mm-hmm. These things are crazy, man. And uh, Oprah has all her listeners, you know, uh, yeah. uh, complete all of these teachings one by in this yeah. course. It's interesting, too, that Blavatsky said, you know, that uh, their main enemy was the churches, the established churches, because they had to destroy culture to remake society, order out of chaos. And they would eventually bring it through the churches and by using religious techniques on the people. And that's exactly what they've they've done. They've They've used religion and then they've altered religion and then they've given you a new religion. And, and that's how they've done it because it's, it's a beautiful religion because there's no really real rules. There's no right and wrong. And you can never blame yourself. I remember Shirley MacLaine said the reason she slept with so many men is because she, she slept with them all in her previous lives. And I thought, well, that's an easy way to get away with it, you know. Uh, that's how they justify every, everything they do. And they don't have any guilt. So they don't get weighed down. By guilt. It's very, in other words, what they almost do to you is create a, a kind of psychopathic personality. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's what you find. Uh, well, that's the way it has to go. Those folk have to die off because they're starving. Uh, those children have to die off because we're using cluster bombs on them, uh, because it's their karma. And don't worry anyway, they'll come back again as something else. Mm. What an incredible uh, mind job, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. These people are good, man. They're very good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yes, but be careful, though. You you better be careful. There's people who will hear this stuff, and it's designed to hook folk right in. I mean, I'm always very careful about links, etc., because there's a lot of people out there who literally, um, uh, they go in with a kind of open mind or a bit of prejudice against something, but these things are designed to suck you in and entice you and intrigue you. And I've known people who've been lost for years in this mind job. So I, I never advise them to go into it unless they really know who they are themselves. In other words, you're in control of your own mind, and you can dis- discern what you're reading, you know. Yeah. Oh, good point, good point. Yeah. Oh, you have to. I just wanted to call in and uh, share that with you. Great show. Uh, I appreciate you doing because I'll tell you what, man, I heard all you get, you know, and criticism you get on all those uh, older radio shows used to go on. You know, the one you get invited back on after you yeah. uh, talked about this topic. But, yep. you know, um, I mean, that's, that shows you, yeah, you know, how uh, many people have, you know, sucked, been sucked into this stuff. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, I appreciate what you're doing, Alan, and uh, you have a good week. And you too. Thanks for calling. Yeah, it's really astonishing, as I say, that um, when you realize what's happening and what's already happened and how it's even taught in school, and not just in, in uh, those particular schools, 
but in, in general schooling as well. They can teach this kind of stuff too through little stories they tell their children out of books and all the rest of it. And moral relativity is taught from a very early age now. And, and again, you've got the parents that way. Now, it's a thing too. Here's another thing too. It's what I remember too that eugenics is tied up with the controllers of this movement. And they were the ones also who got a bad name after World War II when it was exposed that so many were killed by the Nazis. But so, because so many, uh, so much of the world wanted communism, uh, they didn't mention that the Soviets had been slaughtering people for the same reasons for an awful long time. That's where Hitler got his education from, the communists. And I, I, that's mentioned in the movie, the, the Soviet Story. It's a very good documentary. If you can get a hold of it, very hard to get a hold of now. They, they pulled it off. But uh, so what they did with the, with the eugenics is they changed it into too many people, too many of the wrong kind of people. Oh, they're, they're eating up everything on the planet and so on. And the big boys, big foundations use them. They use the fringe group and, and the ones that are a bit crazy, hype them up, make them crazier until they're fanatics. Now they're teaching the stuff in school. They put out a movie. It's called No Pressure, a full uh, documented movie. Uh, I should say professionally made movie by professionals by filmmakers who've made many, many movies before hit movies. And this shows you uh, children in the classroom being asked about global warming and carbon footprints, and they all put their hands up when they're saying, everybody's all all for this agenda, cutting back and so on, except for a few. The ones who don't agree get blown up and blood and guts all over the classmates. And I'll talk about this when I come back from this break. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix, talking about the movie that was pulled by the makers very quickly after it was put up, called No Pressure, where they were blowing up school children in the movie uh, to get the idea across to the rest of them. This is the group think, of course, of teaching in school, uh, where you have consensus of the group that those who are outside the group should actually be blown up, like killed, you see, under a guise of comedy. And you see it over and over again. I'll put the link up for that. And it's put out by an NGO company group called TEN, TEN, an international organization. But I'll also put up the links for their partners who support TEN, TEN and help pay for all this. And you'll see all the big, big renewable energy corporations, of course, this non-profit organization. And uh, some newspapers too, big newspapers. And, and there's founders in it too. It tells you who the founders are, etc., and all the big foundations associated with them. But when you go into the guy who wrote it, the guy that they chose to write it, his name is Richard Curtis. He's a writer and director of Four Weddings and a Funeral. This is high pro stuff, very expensive movie. Notting Hill and Bridget Jones' Diary. His partner, listen to this, is Emma Freud. Oh, my goodness, what small world. Great-granddaughter of Sigmund Freud, sister of Matthew Freud, whose wife is Elizabeth Murdoch, daughter of Rupert Murdoch, you know, the big media mogul. See how they're all tied in, giving you your reality, and here they are brainwashing the schools to, to be, for the children to be little fanatics, where they laugh at people getting blown up who, who are climate change deniers. Huh? 
Matthew Freud is head of Freud Communications, an international public relations firm, just like Bernays, you see, because Bernays was a nephew of Freud. It's all in the family, isn't it? And you wonder where your thoughts and your ideas all come from. These guys are brainwashing your children across the planet. And you don't have a clue what's really going on. Most most of them don't know. The backstory too, link I'll put up too to the NGO site. It was founded by uh, Franny Armstrong, director of climate change blockbuster The Age of Stupid. The idea came to Franny while walking through Regent's Park, blah, 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 blah. To, to debate with UK Climate and Energy Secretary Ed Miliband, while well, giving you his history this week, and his brother David. They were they were all descended from a Soviet defector, basically who fled the Nazis to Britain to teach Marxism. It says um, it says uh, anyway they're, they're really into it. Ten percent in 2010 also seemed a far more tangible aim than the far off target, such as 80 percent by 2050. So, beloved of uh, policymakers who know they won't be in office long enough to worry about whether the targets will be met. So, she came up supposedly with the idea all by our lonesome. And here you are, are the descendants of Freud still giving us a propaganda. And by that, way, by the way, too, the guy that is tied with Rudolf Murdoch, who is also a Bernays um, uh, offspring or nephew or whatever, and Freud's nephew, um, was a great pal. He's still a pal of the British government. He does a lot of the public relations for the British government and their education systems and so on and so on. That's the world you're living in. Quite something. So I'll put the link up to the to the video. You'll see little clips from it. And I stress again, too, they did pull it. And what they said, too, when they pulled it was that um, a few people found it, um, uh, um, it, it, it. It upset them. A few people. I guess blowing people up for school children to watch, their classmates. Huh? That's okay. Can you imagine them growing up and what they'll do to you? Back with more. Uh, next Monday. So from Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God school with you.